Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're still broadcasting from the Nebraska State FFA Convention. It is the final day underway here in Lincoln. And no surprise, today is all about the reports. Some some may be questioning the numbers that came in. Some wondering where did those numbers come from. We're going to find out all the details about this report today with Alan Brugler. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management. And Alan, we got to start out first of all. I mean, it was USDA report day. We'll dive in first to what you saw in these old crop corn numbers? Well, the old crop numbers are pretty interesting for several reasons. Uh, corn stocks number was 7.4 billion bushels. That was just a little tighter than the trade average guess, 7.474. But the, the, the key thing I saw was that off-farm stocks are down 10% year over year. On-farm stocks are up 1% year over year. We knew that farmers had been a little light on their old crop sales. But uh, what this tells us is the industry really doesn't own that much uh, physical corn. That's confirmed by the Commitment of Traders report last Friday. It showed a very small uh, short hedge position for the commercial sector compared to the last two years. So those kind of together say the industry doesn't own a lot of corn outside the farmer's hands. And then you put that uh, together with the Chinese buying program, which has been about 129 billion bushels in the last couple of weeks. And the fact that all needs to be shipped before the end of August. So the, today was kind of the first day we haven't seen any Chinese purchases or any export purchases in general. Do you think because it was USDA report day, another reason why we saw the quietness on that? Well, it, you, can, you can come up with several different reasons. Uh, one is that simply that the prices come back up. Okay, the, the, They were buying two weeks ago when prices were a lot cheaper. Uh, we've, we've seen an old crop rally in corn and beans. So we may be getting to the point where, uh, you know, let's stop buying and see if the price will back off a little bit. But, uh, the other thing is you've got logistics to deal with. All right. You already bought 129 million bushels. It's got to get shipped. Do we have the freight? You know, do we have the capacity to, to get it moved uh, without screwing up the freight market? Right. By, by chasing vessels. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of aspects to that. The, uh, and there may have been a wait and see too. Okay, what what's new crop going to do? And of course, the 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 corn acreage intentions were pretty high, ninety one point nine nine six million. Uh, but the, all that did today was uh, drive the bull spread. You know, you look at the the news release that came out from NAS, and they were talking about the planted acres intentions, and they're looking at North Dakota, for example, the largest increase. And I'm thinking that's got to wait to see what happens with the snowmelt first off. But there's some optimism to the north. Yeah, that's a that's a big question mark. Uh, it, it was a more than more than twenty percent increase in in uh, North Dakota intentions over a year ago. On the corn side, it was uh, I think fourteen percent off top of my head for the soybeans. So basically, uh, they're they're looking for a lot more acreage this year. But it, it's somewhat wishful thinking when you've got up to two foot of snow setting there in some places. Um, <clears throat> It's still early. I mean, it's still April 1st. You can you can melt that stuff off, but uh, the question is going to be how fast, right? You got you got flooding if it melts really fast, and if it melts melts really slow, you're going to tend to have fewer corn acres and more bean acres because you're just not just not going to be able to get into the fields. What's your thought on the on the soybean numbers? I mean, we're looking at 87.5 million acres this year. They say it's up slightly from last year. Yeah, the 87.5 made sense to us. We basically 87 to 88 is what we expected to see. The uh, 
there's competition from from uh, you know all wheat took some more acres. In fact, they bumped up the winter wheat acreage estimate again today. Uh, in some cases, that's that's ground that may end up being double crop beans, but right now it's wheat. And uh, the, the the history on these intentions reports is they do tend to underestimate what ends up being double crop. So uh, the, why is that important? Because it raises the overall acreage number. <clears throat> Speaking of which, uh, principal crop acres were over 318 million, and that's uh, very similar to what we had back in 2018, and it's more than we had either of the last two years. So what that tells us is farmers in general are saying, we like these prices. We want to plant more of everything if we can get it in the ground. You know, Alan, before this report came out, you know, even here in Nebraska and, and in Wisconsin, we've heard a lot of chatter about uh, we're going to plant more soybeans than corn this year. And, and the report that came out today is proving that, at least in those initial numbers. Yeah, we, the uh, the corn number is up almost $3 million from from a year ago. And the uh, soybean number, yeah, basically unchanged. So, what you got, I think you, you had a lot of uh, fall field work that was done. We, we had lots of anecdotal reports about the fall fertilizer being put on, and usually that's, that's for corn. And uh, I, I think that got carried through to the intentions. But again, uh, still subject to, to weather. And if anything, you, you lose corn acres and, and gain bean acres if the, if the spring weather isn't ideal. So as you look at the overall report, um, besides the, the craziness that happened in the wheat complex, is, were there any surprises to you? I was a little surprised that the, the cotton acreage was up 300,000 from the trade average guess. You know, it's still down 2 million and a half from a year ago. And that Sorghum wasn't replacing it. I thought there might be a little, because of corn prices being where they are, that we might see more great, uh, sorghum acreage. USDA only found 5.97 million in the intentions. So that's that's actually down three or four hundred thousand from last year. Uh, uh, we do know that there's a major drought problem in Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, and you, you saw that in the cotton numbers. The, the Texas acreage in, intentions for cotton are down twenty percent. But uh, I, I really thought we'd see a little bit more on the on the Milo side than what we got. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half on this Friday of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll get Alan's thoughts a little bit around this wheat complex, especially when they say they found uh, a million more acres. The question is, where did that all come from? We've also got to take a look at how the markets really reacted to the trade and were we going to see any surprises as we move towards Monday's trade. More is coming up. It's Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide-label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we broadcast from the Pinnacle Bank Arena, where the Nebraska State FFA Convention is underway. Continue to join me this afternoon is Alan Brugler with Brugler Marketing and Management. We kind of left off on the first half kind of looking at the overall numbers on these reports. But the question I think many folks, and I saw a lot of chatter when it came to, to Twitter today, was on these uh, acre numbers that were found on wheat. Many wondering, where did that come from? knowing how dry it's been out in the country. Well, 
<clears throat> it's not uncommon to, to add a few acres to this report, uh, even for winter wheat, which uh, they gave you back in January with the winter wheat plantings report. It's uh, some of its reclassification. We were getting some indications of uh, wheat plantings up in Montana that uh, were probably initially going to be categorized as spring wheat, but were really winter wheat. Uh, you know, there's some of that type of thing going on. But, yeah, USDA says approximately 26 million acres of HRW, so that is up from their, their previous number in January. They had 7.8 million for SRW. That's about the same. And then uh, white wheat, they had 3.71 million. So, uh, you know, the overall acreage number was up 9% from a year ago, 49.9. Uh, the other spring is the one that, of course, is still in play here. Uh, other spring hasn't been planted yet. And uh, they've got basically 9.95 for hard red spring and then a little bit of uh, spring white. So uh, the, the the Minneapolis market like that number, I mean, found it to be bullish because it's a small number. Uh, that's the one supply that they can still influence by, by rallying here. And we did get a little bit of a pop in Minneapolis today. So overall, as you, as you look at this report and you look at the trade, we head into a Sunday night overnight trade. Are we going to be done with the report come Sunday night, Monday, or are we going to still digest it a little bit in the market trade? Well, I, I think the the uh, corn issue, the old crop corn supply issue that we discussed earlier is, is still going to be in play next week. Uh, you, you know, the market's got to originate corn one way or the other. Uh, we might start to, to uh, <clears throat> be a little more interested in, in that corn acreage and whether that's actually going to get planted. We'll be a little further down the the pike on 10-day forecast and 14-day forecast for weather. Uh, on the uh, the soybean side, it, it does look like we had a pretty good pop today, and it got quite a bit of an assist from bean oil. Bean oil was up 112 points. That added a lot to crush value. Meal was up 6 bucks. Those are subject still to what's going on in Argentina and Brazil. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we we uh, took our foot off the gas a little bit on the beans, at least initially on Sunday night. Looked around and say, do we need to go further or not? Any basis thoughts out there, Alan? Uh, well, on the, on the uh, going back to the corn again, you need the flat price to go up to get the farmer to sell. You can either do that by pushing the basis or you can push the board. Uh, today, the board was working higher, and so they really didn't have to do much work on the basis side. The, ultimately, I think you're going to be pretty tight in the western corn belt in this summer because right now you've got grain coming in out of Illinois and South Dakota and even Minnesota into the deficit area, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, and down into Texas. But with China making their big purchases, a lot of that corn's going to want to, for them, is going to want to go out to P&W just because of freight. Uh, to the degree they can do that, it cuts off the supply coming down into the deficit area and probably pushes your basis harder than it already is in that area. Let's switch gears uh, before we wrap up the program today and look at the livestock side. A winter storm continues to develop into parts of South Dakota this afternoon. Um, do you see that putting some pressure as that moves across eastward into Wisconsin for these livestock? Well, you you. you got a huge pop in, in the cash cattle this week, 167 in the south, well over 170 in the north. The, the uh, part of that is probably putting in a little weather premium here, uh, some freight premium. You've got uh, the feeder cattle, of course, are going to follow the fats for the most part. 
but that that got the board up. Just the fact that the cash was able to, to jump up that much, uh, you know, four or five bucks in a single week, and uh, put a little more premium in. We hit some new contract highs in some of these in some of these months as well. Long term, we're we're still bullish on cattle because of the, where we are in the cattle cycle. But uh, this is a pretty straight up move here over the last few days, and it, it wouldn't be surprising if we if we took a little bit of a break here. Well, lots of things that we looked at today. A little bit of a break. What what are you what are you estimating that might be? What a little bit of a break. Yeah. I'd probably define that as a, a two or three dollar pullback okay. with, with what we've done here. But perfect. That's what I was wondering. Thank you so much. As uh, we wrap up everything, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, and call us four zero two six nine seven three six two three. The main office number. Uh, visit our website, www.bruglermarketing, all one word, dot com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at BrugglerMKTG. Thanks so much. Alan Brugler joining us for this Friday version of the Pontenal Final Bell. As a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.